Surah Al-Zumar is a Makki Surah and it was revealed after Surah Saba before the Hijrah to Habasha. So before Hijrah to Habasha, it's one of the very early Surahs and the Surah contains 75 verses and there's a narration in which we learn that Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he used to fast so much, meaning one day after the other, until we would say that he's not going to stop fasting. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he had this exceptional allowance for him of continuous fasting. Right? So she said that he would fast so much so that we would say he's not going to break his fast. And then he would not fast until we would think that he's not going to fast. Right? And she said in the same narration that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite Surah Al-Isra, Bani Israel and Surah Al-Zumar every night. So Surah Al-Zumar is also one of the most oft-repeated surahs of the Qur'an. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Surah Al-Zumar. Tanzeel Al-Kitabi, revelation of the book. Min Allah is from Allah. Al-Aziz, who is the exalted in might. And Al-Hakim, who is the wise. Tanzil, revelation. The word tanzil is a masdah, it's a noun, and it means to reveal gradually. So, revelation that is given, that is sent gradually. Meaning the Qur'an is a revelation, and the revelation of al-kitab, of this book, which is before you, that you hear, is min Allah, it is from Allah. Don't treat it as any other book. Realize that this book is Allah's book. This book has been revealed gradually according to need. By who? By Allah. And who is Allah? He is Al-Aziz Al-Hakim. Al-Aziz, the one who is exalted in might, the one who is of true honor, and the one who is of true real might, and he is Al-Hakim, the one who is wise also. This book is from him. At the end of Surah Salat, the previous Surah, we learned, إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ This Qur'an is a reminder for all the people. لِلْعَالَمِينَ Al-Alameen includes all people. And over here, we learn more about the Qur'an, that this is from Allah who is Aziz and Hakim. Why is this mentioned right at the beginning of the surah? That take this kalam, take this speech seriously. Don't treat it like any other book. Don't treat it like any other speech. Realize that this is from Allah, who is the creator of all, who has true, real honor and might, and whose decisions, whose speech is based on his wisdom, for he is Al-Hakim. Inna, indeed we, anzalna, we have revealed, meaning Allah has revealed, ilayka to you, meaning to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Al-Kitaba, the book. We have revealed the book to you. Why? How? Bilhaqi, with the truth. With the truth, meaning containing truth. Because it is from Al-Aziz Al-Hakim. So his book would contain only the truth, only what is reality. 
There is nothing that is problematic, that is erroneous, that is non-factual in the Qur'an. Everything is al-haq within the Qur'an. It is factual, it is true, it is based upon reality. Because who knows best other than the Creator? أَلَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ The one who created, does he not know? Of course he knows. Who is more aware of the creation than the Creator? No one. So we have revealed this book. Allah Al-Khaliq Al-Aziz Al-Hakim has revealed this book containing the truth. And Bil-Haqqi also means for Al-Haqq, meaning for a just cause, for a just reason. And what is that reason? That mankind is in need of guidance. And Allah has revealed this book for their guidance. Mankind is in need of answers. And Allah has revealed this book in order to provide answers. Mankind is in need of shifa, of healing. And Allah has revealed this book for healing. Bilhaq, for a just cause, for a just reason. And bilhaq also means in reality, meaning definitely, certainly it is Allah who has revealed this book. It is none other than Allah who has sent this book. So, inna anzalna ilayka al-kitaba bilhaq. Again, the status of the Qur'an is being established over here. The position of the Qur'an is being established over here. In the first ayah, it is established. Again, in the second ayah, it is reinforced. So that when a person approaches the book of Allah, he approaches it with full confidence and full faith. This is similar to how right at the beginning of the Qur'an we are told, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ Because when we read something with even a little bit of doubt, then what happens? you cannot fully agree with it. But when you have trust and faith and confidence, then it's easier to accept. So, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ So, فَعْبُدْ Therefore, worship. Worship who? Allah, Allah. Meaning, worship only Allah. And how is it that you should worship Allah? مُخْلِصًا As one who is making sincere and pure. Lahu for him الدين, the religion or the worship. If you see over here, the address is in the singular form. Primarily it is the Prophet ﷺ who is being addressed. Right? فَعْبُدْ فَعْبُدْ أُعْبُدْ It's not أُعْبُدُوا أُعْبُدُوا is you all worship. And أُعْبُدْ you one person worship. So the Prophet ﷺ is being addressed over here. But of course the command is general. That the book has been revealed, therefore you should worship only Allah, making religion worship sincere for Him alone. What does it mean by this word mukhlis? Mukhlis, we have done this word several times before, its various forms, kha, lam, sad, and ikhlas is to make something pure as an unadulterated. It's free and pure from any mixture, any contamination. That is mukhlis. You know when you read 100% pure, right? What does it mean by 100% pure? For instance, 100% pure orange juice. What does that even mean? What does that mean? There is no water in it. There is no additives in it, hopefully. Right? Because people say that it's pure, but it's not necessarily pure. Right? 100% pure raw milk. What does that mean? What does that mean? It's pure, as in it's never been... Heated, it's never been boiled, it's never been 
homogenized, nothing has been done to it. It's in its pure original form. Nothing's been added, nothing has been taken out. Right? So this is ikhlas. Mukhlisan lahuddin. When you worship Allah, make the deen and the word deen, it has multiple meanings. It's used for religion. And the word deen also means worship, ibadah. Because that is what religion is all about, right? It's about living a lifestyle, performing certain actions, rituals. Why? Because all of that is worship. So religion is worship. So, We're told over here two things. Firstly, what we must do. And what is that? Worship Allah. And secondly, we are taught how we must do it. And that is how? With sincerity and pure intention. Worship Allah. How? With sincerity, pure intention, meaning pure of any shirk. But before we go into the details of ikhlas, do you notice the word fa'bud? Fa. So, therefore. The first part of the ayah mentions, we have revealed the book to you. The second part of the ayah mentions, worship Allah sincerely. What's the connection between the two? Between the book, between the Qur'an and worshipping Allah sincerely. What's the connection? What does the Qur'an call to? The Qur'an is a call to what? Tawheed. It is a call to worshipping Allah and not just worshipping Allah, but worshipping Allah alone, only Him. And this shows to us that when Allah has given the gift of the Qur'an to a servant, then what must that servant do? Increase in his worship of Allah. And purify his intentions more and more for Allah. So, فَعْبُدِ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصَ اللَّهُ الدِّينَ The purpose of the Qur'an is to connect us with Allah. The purpose of Qur'an is what? To help us worship Allah. So if we are reciting the Qur'an, memorizing the Qur'an, studying the meanings of the Qur'an, teaching the Qur'an, whatever we're doing, and we're not worshiping Allah, that defeats the purpose of it all. You see, Qur'an is a means. To who? To who? Allah. You understand? It's a means for us to draw closer to Allah. Like one of the salaf said that you cannot draw closer to Allah through anything except that what has come from Him. Except through what has come from Him. And what is it that has come from Him? The Qur'an, it's a speech. So if we want to draw closer to Allah, it is by worshipping Allah. And how is it that we can worship Allah in the best way? Through the Qur'an. Meaning the Qur'an guides us. You see, it's like reading a manual and not following the instructions. Reading recipe after recipe, watching one video after another, and then not cooking anything. What use is that? It's a waste of time, it's a waste of effort. So the point over here is that as we bring Qur'an in our lives, we must never forget the objective, the goal, the purpose. And what is that purpose? فَعْبُدِ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصَ اللَّهُ الدِّينَ what we must do is worship Allah. And how should we do it? Mukhlis Allahu deen. Make the entire deen, make the entire worship sincerely, purely for Allah alone. Like we are taught, Inna salati wa nusuki wa mahiyaya wa mamati for who? Lillahi Rabbil Alameen. Every aspect of religion, whether it is charity, or it is obedience to parents, or it is 
wearing the hijab or it is performing the prayer or it is being good to your neighbors or it is you know being good to your parents having good akhlaq whatever it may be that we are doing as part of our religion it should only be for who for Allah mukhlisan lahuddin the whole deen Every part of our deen, meaning the deen that we observe, every part of worship that we observe, it should be only for whose sake? For Allah's sake. Why? Why only for Allah? Why were we created? Why were we created? For His worship. Why were we given everything that we have so that we can live? And why do we live? To worship Him. What are we doing in this world? Why were we sent here to worship Allah? You know, there's this uh, poem in Urdu that uh, I learned as a child, and many children learn that who made the elephant, all right? And you say, you sing that Allah made the elephant. Who made the bird? Allah made the bird. Who made the butterfly? Allah made the butterfly. You mention every single animal creature that you know you can think of, and you say Allah made it, and then you end it with for all of us. Right? That Allah made all of this for all of us. And then I always think, why were we made? Who made us? Allah made us. Why? For Him. You understand? The whole creation Allah made to serve us. سَخَّرَ لَكُمْ سَخَّرَ لَكُمْ سَخَّرَ لَكُمْ And we were made for who? For what? For Him. For Allah. So Fabudillaha Muhlisallahuddin make worship sincerely for Allah. Because the fact is that Allah accepts only that worship which is sincere. If there is even a little bit of shirk in it, Allah does not accept it. Because firstly, Allah is in no need of worship. He doesn't need our worship to make him great. He's already great. Right? He's already great. He doesn't need our worship. So when our intentions are not correct, then we're not worshipping Allah properly. And when we're not worshipping Allah properly, that worship is not accepted. This is very simple. For anything to be accepted, there are certain requirements, there are certain conditions that must be met. If they're not met, then that work, that effort is rejected. Isn't it so? Like for example, if you're applying somewhere for admission, you have to submit certain documents also. Correct? A complete form, a photocopy of this, a photocopy of that, right? Think of you're going to renew your health card. So you have to submit all the supportive documents. And if even one or two things are missing, your application is not going to be processed. Isn't it? You can cry all you want, and you can say all you want, but, 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 but I did this, I did that, I did this. What about this? What about this? No, it's not going to work. Why? Because it's not complete. And when it's not complete, it's not acceptable. And when it comes to ibadah, when it comes to deen, Allah only accepts that which is pure. Yes. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. When we work for company or for someone, you know, some, maybe they don't appreciate you. Even if you have ikhlas, if you are so sincere to them, they don't appreciate you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He say in Surah Insan, إِلَّا هَذَا كَانَ لَكُمْ جَزَاءً وَكَانَ سَعْيَكُمْ مَشْكُورًا Subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tell you shukran. Imagine that. Yes. He is appreciative of a servant's effort, worship and sincerity. Now, what this ayah is telling us is, that every act of worship must be sincere. 
And what that means is that it should not even have a little bit of riya. What is riya? Showing off, doing something so that we can be seen by others. Now, how do we check whether our actions are sincere or not? Or rather, how can we make our actions sincere? Free from riya. There's three things that we need to check. Three things that we need to check. Firstly, when I am performing this action, when I am making this effort, religious effort, I'm performing this religious action, this deed, whether it is the recitation of the Qur'an, helping someone, giving in charity, forgiving someone, whatever it may be, do I find in myself, firstly, any desire of importance? Meaning, the desire to become more important in the eyes of people? That they should respect me or think highly of me. I should become really high and really great in their eyes and they should treat me in a certain way. And if they treat me in that way, it's not acceptable because I have done this deed. Desire of importance. Because if there is desire of importance, that means that we are seeking importance from who? From people. So then, the action is not sincere. So we have to remove this desire of importance. Second, desire of status. The action that I'm doing, do I desire status through it? Status as in worldly status. I become famous. I am recognized. This is different from importance. Importance is expecting respect from people. Alright? And status is expecting worldly gain. Alright? Whether it is in the form of you know, being addressed in a certain way or demanding some monetary compensation, whatever it may be. The third is desire of praise. When I'm doing this, am I expecting praise from people? And there's many other signs, but I want to focus on this. There's many other things that we can look at in order to purify our intentions, but these are three things that I want to focus on. You see, sometimes we say that I'm doing this and I'm not even expecting any money in return. Okay? Like for example, a person might say, I'm helping my parents. And you know what? I don't expect them to pay me, but I want them to at least respect me. That's problematic. You understand? Likewise, we say things like, you know, I'm giving this person a ride. They should have at least this much decency to sit properly in my car and not leave their garbage in my car. Hmm? Because they should at least respect my car. You understand? Or, I am helping this person learn the Qur'an. So when I see them somewhere, at least they should look at me in the eye and greet me. And not treat me like a stranger. You understand? All of these situations... There's no monetary compensation. We think if we're not taking money in return, if I'm doing something as a volunteer, my intention is sincere. No way. Just because we are doing something as a volunteer, that doesn't guarantee the sincerity of our intention. There are many other things that can corrupt our intentions also. The Prophet ﷺ said, تَعَلَّمُوا الْقُرْآنَ وَسَلُوا اللَّهَ بِهِ الْجَنَّةِ Learn the Qur'an, and ask Allah for Jannah through it. قَبْلَ أَن يَتَعَلَّمَهُ قَوْمٌ Before a certain people learn the Qur'an, and they will learn it 
and yas'aluna bihi dunya they will seek through it the world meaning the benefits of this world so basically the prophet sallallahu is discouraging us from seeking dunya through the quran and he said fa inna al-qur'ana yata'allamuhu thalathatun three types of people learn the quran and each one of us needs to look at ourselves three types of people learn the quran because when we are learning the quran sometimes we think you know, when I learn, I can teach others, I can conduct a halaqa, or I can put this on my resume, or I can, you know, help somebody, this or that. So the Prophet ﷺ said, three types of people learn the Qur'an. The first is, رَجُلٌ يُبَاهِبِهِ A person who shows off by it. It's all a performance. It's all for the purpose of showing people, I know the Qur'an, I know the Qur'an. Whether it is quoting an ayah here or there, or it is really emphasizing one's makharij when we're saying words, whatever it may be. Rajulun yubahi bihi. Secondly, Rajulun yasta'kalubihi. The person who learns it in order to eat through it, meaning make money through it, earn money through it. And the third is Rajulun yakra'uhu lillah. The person who reads it for the sake of Allah. Meaning, it's not a performance. It's not for the sake of gaining importance or fame or approval, money, worldly status. There's no such desire. It is purely out of love for Allah in order to gain His approval, in order to remember Him, in order to increase in one's rank before Allah, in order to have a higher status in the hereafter. This is sincere. Now this is just the recitation of the Qur'an. Right? But every other aspect of religion also, whether it is salah, or it is any form of charity, we need to ask ourselves, am I doing this so that people can watch? So that I can get some importance? So that I can get some fame? So that I can have a good name? Because if that is the case, then we're signing up for great loss. We're signing up for great loss. Because Allah says, فَعْبُدِ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصَ اللَّهُ الدِّينَ In Surah Bayyinah, Ayah 5, we learn, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ They were commanded to worship Allah. How? Making worship sincerely for Him only. So, every time we do something good, we are doing something good, and we begin to look around, expecting some form of approval from people, Right? Or maybe support or praise, then remind yourself. Lillah. Go ahead. Okay. The question is that Rajrun Yastakalubihi, the second category, which is about a person who learns it in order to make money through it, is that wrong then? Whether it is that a person is teaching and making money or that we are going to somebody learning and then paying over there, is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. It depends on the intention. What's the primary intention of the person? Is it just a money-making business? Or is it really with the goal of helping people learn the Qur'an? You understand? There is a difference in, in mentality over here. If the goal is business and money, then what happens? then what happens is that I'm not going to teach you because you didn't pay me. 
I'm not going to entertain any questions because it's outside of the time. Right? The goal, the primary intention is the money. Alright? And a person could be earning money through it, but it, that's not the primary goal over there. Because you see, a person could be doing any job. You understand? It's an obligation on a person to support their family. On a man especially. He could be doing so many different things. But he chooses to learn and teach the Qur'an because he wants to spread the knowledge of the Qur'an. You understand? Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. I have many friends who teach Qur'an. And uh, when I talk to them, they tell me that if they teach the Qur'an for free, they are not taken seriously. But if they charge, then people, you know, they come on time, they don't take days off. This is their experience. So a lot of times people are forced to charge because the children and even the parents don't take them seriously. Sorry to say that. So the reason why I mention this is... You know, sometimes we're doing something as a volunteer. Right? We're helping out at, um, at a conference, at a, at a Muslim event, at the MSA maybe, and we're doing it as a volunteer. And we take it as if we are doing a favor to the organization. Right? We're doing a favor to them because I'm not taking any money in return. This is my favor to them. No, it's Allah's favor on you that you were given the opportunity. So just because we're not taking any monetary compensation in return, that doesn't guarantee the sincerity of our intention. It could still get corrupt. When we are seeking instead of money, importance. When we are seeking instead of money, praise. When we are seeking instead of money, respect. Or whatever it may be. So for every action, what is it that we need to focus on? Mukhlisallahuddin. Allah says, Allah, unquestionably, Lillahi, for Allah, Ad-Deenul Khalis. Ad-Deen, the religion, which is Al-Khalis, the pure one. Here, O you people, for Allah is Ad-Deenul Khalis. Pure religion, meaning pure worship, is only for who? For Allah. Meaning it is His right. Lillahi means it is the right of Allah. What He deserves is nothing other than pure, sincere worship. In other words, Allah is too great that insincere worship should be dedicated to Him. It doesn't befit the status of Allah that we offer to Him insincere worship. Allah is pure and he deserves only what is pure. How and why? Because he is Al-Khaliq. He is Al-Wahid. The one who is unique and who shares his, his status with no one else. Who shares his greatness with no one else. Who shares his perfection with no one else. So when he is such, then what does he deserve? Pure worship. And this is why insincere worship is rejected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about it. You know, as a human being even, we think that there are certain things that we are worthy of. Right? Like for example, if you go to a restaurant, right? And you are paying for the food. And not just for the food, but for the good experience also, which is why you're paying a very big price 
for the overall, you know, food and the experience. I mean, generally, how much would food cost? One serving, how much should it be? Maybe ten, fifteen dollars. But here you are paying fifty dollars, sixty dollars. Why? Because you want the best, isn't it? And when you get your food and the pasta seems reheated, right, or the sauce, it doesn't taste that good. What do you say? This is not fair. Isn't it? I deserve better than this. Because if I'm paying so much, then you better give me what that money is worth. Correct? If you are buying a drink and the seal is broken, do you go and return it? Yeah. Why? Because it's not fair. Because what is inside the bottle may be contaminated. So if you're paying for it, you better get what? 100% pure. So when we demand such for ourselves, what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى أَلَا لِلَّهِ الدِّينُ الْخَالِصِ Unquestionably, for Allah is pure worship. Assalamu alaikum. Um, when you're like constantly focusing on whether this is for the sake of Allah or if it's the correct intention, then one of the other objectives that comes out of it is that you're a lot more conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in the Qur'an, it always talks about how um, in order for us to become muttaqu, in order for us to become pious and stuff, and I realize that one of, like, just by paying attention to the intention of what you're doing or trying, struggling to make sure that it's for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's also another thing that comes out of it. Yeah, and then it really, it helps you draw closer to Allah because it's so easy to get you know, to do certain things out of habit. And when we're doing it out of habit, our heart is not in it, our mind is not in it, we don't really benefit from that action. But when you focus on the intention, then it helps you become more conscious of Allah, and it really helps you enjoy the benefits, reap the benefits of that effort. And that is drawing closer to Allah. So, أَلَا لِلَّهِ الدِّينُ الْخَالِصِ Pure worship, Allah is deserving of it. None other than Him is deserving of pure worship. What is pure worship? That is free from any shade of shirk, any shade of riya, of showing off. So worship is exclusively for Him since He gave all that we have. So all we should be is for who? For Him. He is worthy of sincere worship. Allah lillahi dinul khalis. And a dinul khalis, pure religion, we can also understand this as lillahi, meaning it is Allah's right. As in, He legislates a dinul khalis. It is His right to legislate. It is His right to command. Walladina and those who ittakhadu, they have taken mindunihi besides him awliya'a, close protecting friends, awliya' plural of wali. Now awliya also applies to friends. Does this mean that we are being condemned, we are being discouraged from having any friends? Awliya over here, wilaya over here is of ibadah. Awliya means gods. Okay? So those who have taken Others as their awliya, meaning they worship them, what do they say? What reason do they give? What justification do they give? They say, ma not na'buduhum, we worship them, meaning the only reason why we worship these other beings besides Allah is illa except liyuqarribuna. So that they draw us closer. Yuqarribuna, yuqarribu, from qarraba yuqarribu to draw close 
to draw near. They help us draw near ilallah to Allah zulfa in proximity, in rank, in closeness. The word zulfa, zailamfa, azlafna, azlafa. It means a position of nearness. So we worship them so that they bring us closer to Allah in rank. Meaning through them, we draw close to Allah. Through this idol or through this saint or through this righteous person or through this prophet or through that angel or through that person, we are drawing closer to Allah. They are our connection. And the typical example people give is, you know, if there's a king and you want to access them, you're too little, you're too insignificant. How can you gain access to them? You have to go through somebody. Right? So that somebody is who? A prophet of Allah, his family, or another righteous person, whoever it may be. Now logically, okay, it makes sense. But this is not tawheed. Why would a person think like this, that we need others to gain access to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This comparison is wrong. A king is a human being. Isn't it? He's limited in his time, in his abilities, in his compassion, in his concern, in his generosity, in his resources. Right? He needs to be bribed. He needs to be persuaded. Because he's a human being, he's imperfect. Who is Allah? The perfect one? As-Samir al-Ghani. Right? Al-Qareeb. Allah is not like His creation. Allah is Khaliq. He hears all. He created all. He knows all. So why do you think He would listen to someone but not listen to you? Earlier we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even responded to the request of Iblis. Iblis asked for respite and Allah gave him respite. This is Allah. So we don't need connections in the middle. And if we're taking connections in the middle to reach Allah, then this is not Tawheed. So the justification of shirk that people give, مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَى And we see that whether this is shirk that was done in 7th century Makkah, or it is shirk that is done today, or somewhere in between, or before or after, any time shirk is done, it begins like this. These idols are just, or these gods, or these people, or this grave, or the person in the grave is just a means for us to draw closer to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refutes this over here. Inna Allah, indeed Allah, yahkumu baynahum. He will judge between them. Fi concerning ma that which hum they fihi in it yahtalifun, they differ. Meaning the differences that people have concerning tawheed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge between them when? Later. In the hereafter. Judgment, generally when we think of it, we think a judgment tells us who is right and who is wrong. Isn't it? Who is guilty and who is innocent. This judgment doesn't mean that Allah will tell on the day of judgment who was right and who was wrong. Was it the people of Tawheed who were right or was it the people of Shirk who were right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already informed of that. Isn't it? This is why He sent the Qur'an. Right? To tell us what Tawheed is, what Shirk is, so that we avoid Shirk and we follow Tawheed. Isn't it? So this Hukum has already been done. What is this referring to? Hukum is a judgment that is implemented, that is carried out. 
So in the hereafter, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept the worship of the muwahideen and reject the worship of the mushrikeen, muwahideen, people of tawheed, mushrikeen, people of shirk, then what will happen? Then judgment will be established. It will be made clear, it will be made evident to everybody who was right and who was wrong. This doesn't mean that it's not clear right now. It's clear right now also. But despite the clarity, people reject it. And it's amazing how there are people who believe in the Qur'an, people who recite the same Qur'an, but still they will go to a grave and worship the person who's in the grave. They will prostrate to him, asking him for help. They will slaughter an animal for, in order to gain the pleasure of righteous person so that they can intercede or they can request Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on our behalf. It's amazing. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ فِي مَا هُمْ فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ How will this happen? When Allah will accept the worship of the muwahideen and reject the shirk of the mushrikeen. Because we see that on the Day of Judgment, one of the first cases that will be brought is of who? Three people, the first of whom will be a reciter of the Book of Allah. And Allah will remind that person, I gave you this, I gave you this, what did you do? Meaning you were sent in this world and you were equipped with many blessings, what did you produce? And he will say, I learned your book and I read it in order to gain your pleasure. And Allah will say, Kadabta, you're lying. You did it so that you would be praised and you were appreciated by people and you would be called such and such. So you got your reward in the world, now you've got nothing. And the person will be dragged to hellfire. Because the intention was not right. The intention was not sincere. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ فِي مَا هُمْ فِيهِ يَخْتَلِفُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah لَا يَهْدِي He does not guide. Man, the person who, whoa he is, كَاذِبٌ A liar, كَفَّارٌ An extremely ungrateful one. What does it mean? Allah does not guide the person who lies and the person who is ungrateful. What does it mean by that? You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers guidance to everyone. Allah offers guidance to who? Everyone. Because remember, there are different types of hidayah, right? One is hidayah, irshad. Irshad is direction, meaning knowledge. A person is guided, is directed towards the truth. A person is directed towards the truth. We think that we, we are not doing shirk, we are Muslims. But show off is a part, a minor shirk. The show off culture is so common, people use, usually pray very slowly in front of people. When they are alone, they are doing fast, uh, very fast salah. And when I was asking somebody that I wear very new clothes and new clothes every day in, and under the abaya, someone was saying that, no, I wear only PJ and one t-shirt for the whole week. I said, why? If I have to show it to someone, then I will wear it, my clothes. I said, why? You have to wear clothes for yourself, for Allah, for, of course, first time for Allah. Then for yourself, that you, Allah has given you clothes, you feel good by wearing new clothes. Why PJ under the wire for a whole week? I was surprised. I said, why? This is true. If we dress nicely, we dress in order to please people, in order to impress others. If we clean our house, that is also to impress other people. We're so people conscious, hungry for their approval, hungry for their approval.
Assalamu alaikum. Um, I was talking to my friend who's of the Hindu faith, and she was explaining to me how they have intermediaries in, like, their church, you could say, right? And so she was saying how you can give, like, money and things like that, and they'll, like, push what you want to their Lord, right? And I was thinking, subhanAllah, to myself, because what are you going to do when you're by yourself, and it's, like, odd hours of the night, and you need help from Allah. As Muslims, we can just make dua to Allah. But she has to go to some random person who's going to take your money so that they can make dua for you. But for us, we can just connect to Allah anywhere, anytime with no monetary needs. You could be poor and you could pray to Allah. So I thought that's amazing what we have. Yes, very true. Yes. In the Catholic religion, they have so many saints and like... um, they call fathers and you have to go to them to uh, rid yourselves of your sin and in so many faiths and subhanallah like it's so beautiful in Islam that the poorest person, the richest person regardless of your status what you mean in this dunya like your connection with Allah is absolute, you need no human beings between you and Allah and subhanallah that is so beautiful and it's so rare in other religions Yes, because your worth as a human being is in relation to your God your creator it's not determined by your money it's not determined by your knowing certain people your acquaintances no it's determined by your relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-qareeb al-mujib the always accessible one go ahead assalamualaikum I feel that Allah is so great but he still listens to us and what are we like we're so so insignificant but he loves us so much that he subjugated the moon the sun all of this creation just for us and he responds positively to us and we can reach out to him anytime we want like that's amazing he loves us so much and this is why you see kufr denial is also ingratitude right kafar over here is referring to someone who is extremely ungrateful and also an extreme denier. Because denying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is essentially ingratitude. That Allah gave you so much, yet you don't call upon Him, yet you reach out to others, you are seeking their approval. When Allah gave you everything, you are giving what you have, the best you can offer, your worship, to someone other than Allah. This is the essence of shirk. This is kufr. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي مَنْ هُوَ كَاذِبٌ كَفَّارٌ Allah does not guide the person who is kathib and kafar. So, guidance is of two types. The first type is the guidance of irshad or direction. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers direction to everybody. Everybody. Okay? How? In the sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created each person firstly upon fitrah. Right? And then on top of that, given so many abilities created so many signs within the universe, created a mind, a reason within the human being, and then so many events that happen within the life of that person that make him wonder and think and reach out. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers hidayah irshad to everybody. Allah has revealed the Qur'an. Allah revealed guidance. Allah sent messengers. There's so many things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, has sent in order to guide people. The second type of hidayah is hidayah tawfiq. When a person accepts the guidance that he sees. When a person accepts the truth that he sees. 
Now here we learn, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي مَنْ هُوَ كَاذِبٌ كَفَّالٌ These are the two characteristics that prevent a person from hidayah tawfiq. These are two characteristics that prevent a person from accepting guidance. And what are these two characteristics? Firstly, of lying, being on falsehood. And secondly, of denial, of ingratitude. The Prophet ﷺ said, Truthfulness leads to righteousness. And righteousness leads to paradise. And a man keeps on telling truth until he becomes a truthful person. Falsehood or lying leads to sin. Fujur. And that sin, wickedness, leads to hellfire. And a person keeps on telling lies, he is upon falsehood until he is written before Allah as a liar. What is the greatest lie? What's the greatest falsehood? Shirk. That Allah has a partner. That someone else is worthy of this effort of mine. This worship of mine. This is the greatest lie. It's the greatest falsehood. So such people who are upon this falsehood, they are prevented from guidance. And kufr, ingratitude, denying Allah's blessings, denying Allah's favors, this is also something that prevents a person from guidance. We listen to the recitation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim تنزيل الكتاب من الله العزيز الحكيم إنا أنزلنا إليك الكتاب بالحق فاعبد الله مخلصا له الدين ألا لله الدين الخالص وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَا إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْكُمُ بينهم فيما هم فيه يختلفون إن الله لا يهدي من هو كاذب كفار